Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. Descending from the tribes of Africa, inspired by the great black leaders. Welcome. Welcome to Race Treaty. It's 731-2015. We have some special guests this evening. I'm not sure if Dr. Ansari is here yet. Uh, We have Brother Minister Abel Muhammad and I believe uh, Brother Davi uh, from the uh, Native and Latino Justice Committee is online also. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Well, welcome, brother. Welcome. Uh, we're excited to, to have this conversation tonight. Uh, we're expecting some call-ins also on the issue of the uh, the Justice or Else initiative. We've got what until October, where where the anniversary uh, uh, is planned, and uh, this is monumental in bringing the various groups uh, indigenous to this uh, hemisphere together. And that's that's a very serious thing. Now, is have you anyone confirmed that the sister um, Yonazda, huh? Yes, uh, she um she got on um her plate her plane was late taking off, so she's going to be a little late coming, but she'll be here. All right, and um, Scotty, I don't see Doctor Ansari online. Should I call him? Do we still have his number on file? Um. I, I do believe I have it in my contacts. Uh, give me just a second as I, I uh, attempt to give him a call. Let me see. Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's not it. Let me see. I might have put it in here. His brother, I, I'm sorry. If you could uh, Facebook me his phone number. All right, I'm looking now. In case I can't find it, uh, and we will uh, definitely get him on. Um, sure, I got his number. Mustafa, mm-hmm. oh, that's Mustafa Davis. Nope. I think we had to call him last time, Scotty. Okay. If you did, you send it to me through Facebook. No, I'm looking. I'm pulling it up on my phone, man. Okay. Uh, I I did. I did previously, but I'm gonna try to pull it up right now. Yes. Okay. So, I think I see it. I got it. Uh, Mustafa Ansari in here. Six seven eight. Let me see. Yeah, I, I, let me type it in, brother. Okay. 
And listeners, y'all just bear with us as we want to get everybody that's scheduled We've to be We've been casual on. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we need that. I need that. It's a lot going on. I mean, it's some movement, and uh, I can't help but feel it and be excited uh, to uh, see if we can realize a paradigm shift, you know. Um, and I believe that this event is monumental in creating and being that catalyst. And we're going to discuss some of those issues this evening. And I'm speaking also of poor nation status, of blood quantum uh, requirements as required by Europeans to identify First Nations and indigenous. There's uh, why I was really excited to have Dr. Ansari here. Um, to explain really what that definition means and also what that means if we were able to declare ourselves with a, a uh, international legal mechanism uh, during that Million Man March to bring us into the world courts with a status to a pleasant bite as a nation within a nation. Those are some of the things we'd like to discuss this evening. It was hopeful that uh, Dr. Ansari will join us uh, soon here. Brother Davi. Yes, sir. Yeah, I missed your call earlier speaking with you, the opportunity to speak with you. Um, uh, I, uh, you know, I have some background in Michigan and with Idle No More, and actually host a, on Rebel Mouse Idle No More feed. And um, that was ironic that when I met you, that was the, uh, the location for the National Occupy Gathering, ironically, that year. And... Uh, uh, that's where I got support uh, for the boycott of the National Occupy Gathering from Idle No More through Canada and otherwise by support of the sisters. So I want to give a heads up to that. Um, give us a few minutes, if you will. Well, like you would like to introduce yourself and 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 speak to because this is being recorded and, and Scotty gives us the service of having a. Uh, a link afterwards where you can send this around and listen to it again and, and maybe proliferate it through your network as well. Um, introduce yourself, uh, Brother Davi. Okay, I am um, the V trustee. I do, uh, I live here in Michigan. I am involved with I Don't Know More and the environmental issues. Um, I've also been involved with the um, mascot issues. I was the president of the Native American Student Organization at Eastern Michigan University um, the year after the logo was removed. Um, I have been involved since then. It was 1990. <laughs> Got to date myself, but wow. um, now I am um, involved here with the Justice or Ellis March um, that Minister Louis Farrakhan called. It's the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March, but doesn't want us to look at it that way. He, he is inviting um, everybody, men and women, um, Native Americans and so-called Latinos, to to join with our brothers and sisters um, to air our grievances to this nation. And you know, we we have some questions we need answered, and we need some justice first. Um, you know, Native Americans are being killed at a rate higher than black people per capita that's, that's right. in this nation. Um, we are incarcerated um, higher than any other ethnic group. Um, you know, like you look at the, the prisons and the jail cells in um, 
South Dakota, for instance, and where Indians are probably 10% of the population, they make up some 80% of the incarcerated, you know, and, and they're taking away our children. We had to uh, pass the Indian Child Welfare Act, but they're still taking away our kids from us, and they're not... Um, they're being assimilated into a culture that's not their own, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. you look at, um, there's a, there's a young woman named Sarah Lee circle bear. She went, uh, she got arrested and she died in jail after pleading for help. Yes. That's... You know, and then we, we, we think of Sandra Bland and we think about, you know, what are they doing to us? What, what is going on that it's, it's like elevated for some reason. And so we're coming for justice because we're tired of begging for it. We can't wait anymore because it's obvious nothing's going to happen. If we didn't sit back and wait, it will never change. It will only get worse. This is so true. we're coming um, October 10th, 2015, right in Washington, D.C. And uh, we're all going to be there. You know, as one united front, as one nation, as ministers mm-hmm. said to stop looking at each other tribally. And start to see each other nation. That's where we got power. That's mm-hmm. where we have the real voice. Mm-hmm. I like that, man. Yes, that's very true. There's one part that I personally, you know, take uh, issue with in the sense that yes, we we want justice. I mean, that's the demand across the board. And we're going to speak to the Latino element, too, in the immigration issues. I mean, it's across the board for people of color, from Nikon to Laka, for people who are from here. Uh, and uh, the problem, again, also is is that we're seeking justice in a system that is in itself structurally illegal. White supremacy is illegal. Right. U.S. is U.S. is bound by a treaty called the Race Treaty. We call it Race Treaty. It's called SIR, the Convention for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. We need to get to that that arena, those tables, and, and focus together as Indigenous peoples, you know, on the international, where we can deal with countries and get support, rather than dealing in the civil rights mechanism. And I, I shouldn't say a either or, but. Um, everything that we've tried, there's pushback going on as, and, and it's escalated, as you say, you know. And uh, that's one of the issues that, that I take issue with is that white supremacy cannot render justice. Racism cannot render justice. And we've gone in a cycle because uh, from the perspective of human rights, human rights are given to us. We, we were born with them. They're innate. Civil rights are given by the state, by the government. And they play with that within that framework that they have us functioning in seeking civil rights when we're born with human rights. And that's acknowledged by the international community in which we don't have a seat at the table to lend voice to our oppression. They have to see third party rather than with us, uh, you know, as a nation, as an as a national identity, just. And um, that's why I was hopeful for Dr. Ansari to be here because he could speak to the actual uh, legal process that's underway, in fact, uh, to bring that about. We need a number of people. We need some other preliminary things. And uh, uh, that would be an ideal 
uh, setting because the or else is not negative is 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 positive in the sense that we're going to dig in deeper uh, seeking our self-determination and once and for all we realize we might not get it in within a white supremacist structure and so we may find our strength and the first nation brothers the indigenous folks first nation folks here have already set the the groundworks in, in under the category under the the designation of indigenous rights to uh, find seats at the UN, and some of it has power to it. There's an economic and social component to that identity also that is lacking in the Constitution. The U.S. Constitution isn't the best Constitution in the world. It's the one that we have based on white supremacy. In truth, it lacks any elements of, of protection for economic or social rights. Human rights does. We're born with human rights. It's a, it's, it's, and so we're hopeful that all these movements and the whole civil rights infrastructure, I call it an industry, people making a living off of, of identities and personalities under the premise of uh, civil rights and civil rights leadership, when in fact uh, we need uh, a voice in the international community on our own volition under self-determination with those economic uh, uh, rights and benefits as well. So organizing is part of that. And, and what I see in the in the uh, the this Million Man marches and the efforts that you're doing, Brother Savi. I'm sorry, Davi. Um, I want to speak also to the Latino. I mean, that that's that's just kind of primary that that indigenous and uh, includes the Latino in their plight because we're all suffering on the spectrum of. Uh, white supremacy, our bodies are being used for profit. Uh, and so uh, uh, I'm hopeful, and, and in this gathering that's taking place in D.C. Uh, uh, the next today and tomorrow uh, by the Law for Black Lives Matter, and uh, they're organizing on a legal front and exploring uh, 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 different civil rights opportunities, and I think uh, Brother Labumba um, Bandeli will be there speaking. They're having a plenary tomorrow. I, uh, it's supposedly live streamed. So there's a lot going on, and I'm curious to know where the convergence is. And I would be very, very hopeful and prayerful that that convergence will take place uh, for the oppressed and at this anniversary for the Million Man March, um, justice or else. Yeah. So, uh, did we get another guest? Oh, no one else has called in, although nope. I heard someone uh, dial into the conference line. If you're in the conference line and you're one of the speakers or would like to ask a question, hit star six and one. I, I heard that um, that ding. I can try to to call Doctor Ansari right now, but um, we don't want to waste a whole lot of time because right. uh, we We're have another program. With Let's try to call him now so we can get an answer. All right. I know that Brother Abel uh, have is, is not in service. Okay, that number's no longer good. Please go ahead. Who would speak? The uh, guest that was speaking. Go ahead. Oh, Brother Abel is on the on the line, isn't he? Yes, yes he sir, is. He, yes, he, we're going to ask him to speak next. Actually, yes. Yeah. <laughs> his uh, view on the efforts that are being brought to uh, make this happen. Go ahead. 
brother. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you, uh, brothers, for uh, inviting us on the line. It's a great honor to have the ears and minds and hopefully the hearts of, of those who are listening on the line. And, you know, I wanted to just remind everyone, in particular myself as a uh, Mexican born in America, been born and raised in Chicago my whole life, I was blessed to att- attend the Million Man March 20 years ago. Um, I was and, there myself. <laughs> and, and it was yeah. a great blessing for myself. And the only thing that I wished at the time would have happened was that I would have seen more people who were from Latin America and from the Native and Indigenous community. Not that we weren't there. We were there. But definitely not in the numbers. I would have preferred to see more of us concentrating our efforts to go there, even though it was aimed specifically at the black man. There were some of us present, and the only thing I kept remembering as I walked away from the march and and the beautiful impact that it had on my life was hoping that we could have more of those from the diaspora who have black and African ancestry mixed into our, our blood, as well as native and indigenous, not just the blood of the Spaniards and the Portuguese that came. And I'm thankful that now, 20, 20 years later, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is calling for all of us to come, for all of our communities which are suffering, as Brother David just mentioned so beautifully, mm-hmm. not just the pain of the Native community, not just the pain of the African brothers and sisters who were brought to these shores, and not just the pain of men, but the pain of all of our people has to be addressed. And and it's beautiful that you already have mechanisms in place on the legal level, because there is an issue of law and the rights of us as human beings that has to be addressed. You know, we're not asking for just civil rights. We're not even, it really shows you the poor condition that we're in, that we have to go and fight for human rights. Because if we're dealing with human rights, those rights are based off human needs. And any time you have to fight for a need in a country that is the, you know, most powerful in terms of military might and also in terms of economics, that we would have to fight for that, which is a, you know, we're born with, as you mentioned earlier, shows that something is unjust in the way that this society is orchestrated and the way that it is governed and we as those who are oppressed and suffering have to stand up and come together now for the benefit of the whole for all of these years we've tried battling it on our own and there have been glimpses of our unity in the 50s and 60s and 70s between parties like the Black Panther Party and the Brown Berets and La Raza Unida Party and and all of these different movements Mm -hmm. that came up out of our struggle. But in my generation from the 90s and into the 2000s here into this new century, we haven't seen that on the level that we have 40 years ago. And for this generation of 20 and under that were born after the Million Man March, they, and, and you and I see it on the news They are not afraid to fight, but they haven't been given the wisdom or the history that underpins and guides their fight. And I think hopefully part of what comes out of this gathering on 10, 10, 15, and we can be a part of that as the, those who, who are 40 and above. I'm, I'm right at the middle point. I'm, I just turned 40 in December this year. And, uh, you know, I've, I've 
didn't grow up in the 60s, but I was 21 years old when, or 20 years old when the Million Man March happened. And, and now I'm at 40 years old and I have, you know, a daughter that and, and a son who are 18 and 13 that will be going with me because it's important that we pass on to, that we pass on to them, not only the spirit to fight, but the wisdom of what we've already fought for. And even the wisdom of the experiences on those things which have not worked for us so that they don't have to fight in a cyclical way for those things which haven't worked. So we're thankful to be able to hopefully address some of those concerns with our people because the, there, there is no front that we don't have to fight on. We have to fight on the legal front. We have to fight on the world court front. We have to fight on the local levels uh, in, against police brutality. We have to fight in our homes to end the mistreatment of our women and our children and ourselves by the use of those things which harm ourselves, which then harm our family. So this is a fight that we're already in, whether we, it's not about getting in the fight, we're already in the fight. It's just now a matter of acknowledging it and deciding what we're going to do in this fight and pick our battlefront. Those of us who know about health and those issues and, and health can help us resolve it, let's go to fight against the Monsantos of the world. Those of us who know the legal rights that support our claims to land and sovereignty, let's go into the court system backed by our people united and fight for the land of the First Nations that has been deprived by broken treaties. Fight for the land of the Mexican people stolen by broken treaties. Fight and land grant issues. Fight for the land that was promised to black people and has been kept from them, that was schemed out through sharecropping and things like this. All of these things are united efforts that we can do, and we've been unsuccessful in all of them because we've tried to go about it on our own, not recognizing that the power to, br the power to bring it to reality is in our unity. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Scotty, did you say we had an additional caller? Yes, area code 808 joined the line. I'm not sure who that is, if that was one of the guests. Uh, who do we have on the line from area code 808? Uh, Assalamualaikum. We have uh, Sister Yanaja Halonwa. Greetings to you, sis. Uh, Brother Robin. Welcome, welcome. Hi. Hello, sister. We were just uh, introducing ourselves and introducing the event uh, to take place, and uh, everyone's here except, I think, Dr. Ansari, and welcome. Uh, you'd like to say something? Uh, yeah. Introduce I, I yourself. Just, uh, mm -hmm. Oh, me? Yes, please. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I was invited to be on the radio show um, with my brother, um, they, uh, Devi, trusting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, my name is Janaja Halon Wolf. I'm working with, um, um, as a matter of fact, with Minister Abel. I just heard Minister Abel speaking. Yeah. Um, I give the greetings to him. I don't know if he can still hear me. But uh, we're working together on mobilizing the Latino and Native American indigenous nations for 10 and 15 inter internationally. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I say internationally because we have just opened up connections uh, with South America, as well as with the Caribbean, um, as well. I just, I am on the plane right now, landing back. I just came from Miami, Florida, with Honorable Minister Farrakhan, as he was, mo um, as he 
came, uh, went to Florida to speak to the leadership of, of the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area of Florida. And it was beautiful to see that there was all nations of people. Um, Great. I, just, I heard a little bit of what Minister Abel was saying in regards to we, we felt or may have seen glitches of unity within the uh, Brown Beret La Raza movement, uh, uh, the Civil Rights Movement, the American Indian Movement, Black Panther. But those were, you know, a, a many in our history books don't talk about that unity, but it was, uh, there was unity during that time. And I would say that today, going to Miami was a beautiful feeling to in, in a visual of unity that all people from the brown, the red, the black, the yellow, and the white are coming together for 10, 10, 15. And uh, Honorable Minister Farrakhan spoke to every section of, of leadership, whether it was from the arts and culture, of hip-hop entertainers, or the brown and the red um, indigenous nations, the clergy, as well as the Haitian community. And the Haitian community, one thing that was so powerful is that they were sharing what is happening in Haiti and um, and how the Dominicans are coming in and, and killing the Haitians and telling them to leave the um, Dominican the, the, the Dominican Republic and Dominican Republic in Haiti is on the same island. And so the minister gave them advice that we have to be able to educate the Dominicans of who they are and who and really who has in, who is the main influence on teaching them the the their uh you know miseducation, yes. True. <laughs> yes, and this education. Yes. yes. And he said that on ten, ten, fifteen he would like to see the Dominicans and the Haitians coming together. He wants to see the flag united together. So he said that we have to be able to here in the US begin the educating and, and going into the Dominican communities and, and uh, begin that process here. So it's a ripple effect to Dominican Republic as well as to Haiti. And so uh, it was just beautiful to experience and to see and many from South America. Um, I, I received notification by some of the leaders in Nicaragua that are really excited and they want to do um, work in solidarity with us for 10, 10, 15. And so uh, as well as Ecuador, and Cuba, so yes. we are just really pumped up and excited, and um, and the and this this is our time for those that because uh, we are one, we are all one nation, and we have to be able to see see it, and we have to educate each other. But today, the justice, the demand for justice, is um, much. It, it's a it's a cry. It's a universal cry. I went to the Seminole Nation. And what was very interesting when I went to the nation is that they have a gate around their reservation. And the 
the guard that was guarding their gates was African, from Africa. I had to show my tribal ID, <laughs> and the sister that was with me had to show their ID. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and you, and if anyone knows, work, you know, dealing with any Africans straight from Africa, it's very like, who are you? Who invited you? You can't come in, and, you know, it was. <laughs> you don't do his job. Not, yeah, not welcoming. And so I had to make sure that the person that invited me, which was the tribal um, offices, you know, they had to call and let them know that I'm coming on and I'm invited on and they invited me. And then when I got to the cultural center and where the school was at, so I was going to meet with one of the spiritual leaders, um, they once again was like, who invited you again? I mean, let me see your ID again. And I asked them, I said, I was here six years ago, and I don't remember all of this. <laughs> they said, that, well, we did this because there was too much of an outside influence, and we were starting to deal with um, with alcohol and drugs. So we wanted to make sure that we could begin, you know, really protecting our tribe. And, um, and so since then, their rate of alcohol and drugs has went down, and on top of it, on top of it, their home was mansions. I mean, beautiful homes. I mean, I, I, my, my tribe is Ogallala, Lakota, from Pine Ridge, South Dakota. We're the poorest community in the United States, and out of all the reservations I have traveled to throughout the country, they're all living in poverty conditions. So when I went to the Seminole, I literally thought I was on Star Island. You know where all the celebrities are at in in, in Florida. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just beautiful. But they but they um they teach. I went into the cultural center and it was filled with young and old um, Seminoles that are learning how to make their regalia. I went into the um, they have an area where they make the cheeky um huts and they were still making these. Every home had a cheeky hut in their backyard. So I'm seeing the the cheek, you know, the young people learning how to make the cheeky cut. Mm, um, cool the, the the spiritual leader that was giving me a tour, he speaks uh he speaks um uh, what's it called Mesosuki, which is the name of their tribe, and I mean, which is the name of their language. And so he was he's a teacher for that. So them um learning their way. But one thing that was very interesting to me was that he said that over 50% of the tribe is Christian, is Baptist Christian. Wow. And he told me that, because uh, I was looking for the traditional um, spiritual leaders because on October 9th, um, the Honorable Ms. Louis Barkhan is asking that indigenous leaders come from um, all around the world and we do a huge indigenous prayer ceremony. That'd so be when a beautiful I was asking, thing. Yeah, so when I was asking him of this, he was like, well, you know, we're Baptist Christian. He said, you may need to go talk to the Mekasuki, which is a, a an extension of the Seminole. And I said, what, what was the extension? Why the division? And he said to me, he said, well, they wanted to continue with their traditional ceremony. And we are, we were converting to Christian, Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was there. So they, they still have their language, their culture, you know, culture. But the thing that was was a, um, a split was their ceremonial practices. But to, when when I was there, there were um, there were blacks, there were 
Dominicans, there were Puerto Ricans, all working. We are, we are all, yeah, we are all Nikon Talakas, uh, in, in actually living the the same experience. Listen, we we have to take a break. Give us two minutes and let's pick back up. Hold with me. Go ahead, okay. Scotty. Thank you. Tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network for live programming schedules. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Elliot Booker, host of Time for an Awakening Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network. Speaking in behalf of the Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser. Since 2008, the Black Talk Media Project, which has created Black Talk Radio Network, has engaged in producing original content from a black perspective for the global black community. You can help us continue this mission and help us even more by giving donations to the Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser and asking others to do so also. Let us work together to make 2015 a stronger year for independent black media. Again, this is all. Yes, for our, for our callers who's called in, you do know you have an access to uh, hit star six and one. Is that correct, Scotty? Yes, star six and one. That'll put them in the caller's queue. That way we know you have a question or a comment. Otherwise, we're just assuming that you're listening through your phone. And that's a good thing. Listen, you know, uh, I, I love these testimonies and, uh, of these efforts and we finding our, our commonality and experience and and you know, falling out of the European mindset of uh, the cultural divides and the blood quantum's and otherwise, you know. And I wanted to speak though also to the international arena as relates to uh, this decade. Uh, there's not been much uh, activity that I'm aware of. Uh, uh, a few groups that are organizing around the uh, international ten-year uh, decade for those of African descent. And that's a global effort. We have a friend that's uh, organizing in Europe, and they're across Europe are organizing. And what's very, very significant is that it's not just about uh, celebration and lamentation. Uh, they're attempting to attach CERD, this human rights law, you know, this, this anti-discrimination law, this, this convention that the U.S. signed, uh, this treaty, uh, for the elimination of racial discrimination, which it violates in its own structure of white supremacy, it's just built in. Uh, and we 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 differentiate civil rights as its requirements to for the victim to prove intent. It's also limited in its scope in terms of the spectrum of white supremacy to housing and employment. And uh, the the. Whereas with human rights, it says the disparate outcome of uh, proves that that you're out of line, you're in violation, and you need to get and you're compelled by law to come back into a compliance, and that's what the United States is afraid of. And meanwhile, they've got this bait and switch with the civil rights that we keep pursuing when we need to be on the international arena. And I'm just wondering, you know, your thoughts on this possibility also. 
in that there's a global population of people of color suffering the same spectrum of oppression daily. And they're organizing in Europe behind this UN-sanctioned uh, 10-year decade. And I wonder uh, your thoughts on that. Anyone, please. Yes, yes. I, I would say this, dear brother, you know, absolutely it, it, it is. And part of the effort of what we're doing with the Justice or Else gathering is we have to internationalize the struggle of our people here and connect it to the world struggle. Yes. You know, we have to realize that we're, in fact, not minorities That's by any right. stretch or means of the imagination. Exactly. Every native or indigenous person has people all across the planet who look like us. Their culture is similar to us. Uh, to ours, and and we're and we we are disconnected from one another. And if we could raise our thinking to that world global level, we could then enter into international trade, commerce based off of our culture and not the system of white supremacy that is designed to take the resources from our people and put its benefits in other people's hands. But because we see ourselves as tribal minorities, then we're totally divided from one another and easy prey for the, you know, culture vultures that come and take from our native people their sciences, their sacred sciences, their healing that we found in nature, and they try to commercialize it and chemicalize it. So there's several things that we can do. And, you know, it's interesting that you're saying it like this, brother, because when you look at our struggle as native and so-called Latino people in this part of the world, what we really have to realize is that we're quickly approaching a world and system that is just like the regime of apartheid that had existed in South Africa. Between those who are being labeled as illegal so-called aliens mm -hmm. coming to this country, those who are being now barred from finding decent jobs or even being able to vote because of a criminal record, these people for the next generation will be basically living within a country without rights. The 16 million or so so-called undocumented people, the millions of black men who are going through the judicial unjust system that has been set up under white supremacy, we are really being made a nation within a nation without the rights of a citizen, yet being given the false label and paperwork that says, yes, you're, you have the right, but you forfeited your right, and there's no way to retrieve that right. And this, just as we, you know, the, in particular, it was the struggle of black people in America and throughout Europe and other parts of the world was able to help bring down that system in South Africa by internationalizing the struggle of the South African people. I believe something similar must happen now with us here in the Western Hemisphere that the native people have to stand up. As Brother David mentioned at the beginning, they're being murdered at a totally um, ridiculous rate, even in comparison to everyone else who's suffering under this unjust system. The highest. The yeah. highest, exactly. And everyone else's is too high to begin with. So if they're the highest, that lets you know the level that it's at when you look at their numbers. And then when you also look at the fact that there's no way for us to legally, you know, they keep moving the, the goalpost on us. We keep going through their system, which has never been designed for us to get justice from. And we should try and fight in their system because it's a legal issue, but the law doesn't change the hearts and minds of the people who instituted these unjust laws to begin with. 
So our battle is not against the governments of this world. We already know that they're corrupt. We know that they're unjust. But the power that we wield, which we've never been taught to grab for and to use properly, is the weapon of our unity. Our unity changes laws. Our unity brings a world court to our defense. Our unity changes civil rights, changes human rights, but only our unity can do it, and we've been too divided up to this point. That's why this call is so important. The deaths that we see every day, that's just a symptom. It's a sign of our disunity because no police officer would have the nerve to kill one of our women if they knew a united community would come and make sure justice was had for that unjust killing. Nobody would mistreat a pregnant woman just because she doesn't have so-called legal documents or papers and arrest her and put her in jail with her children if our community was united. No government could put us in a third and fourth class citizen position in front of the world, kill us in front of the world and know that there would be no response unless they know that we're divided and disconnected from ourselves here in this nation and cut off from our brothers and sisters in the struggle across this planet. That is the divide we must bridge and our brothers will be drawn to us if they can see our unity on 10-10-15, and not just that date, but going forth from that date, it's not a march, it's not an event, it's a gathering so that we can come together and from that place move forward in unity on all these fronts to demand and take justice because it is not going to be given to us. We're going to have to take it. Power is unyielded. We have to take it. We have to show unity. Certainly white supremacy, supremacy as a system has unity. It, it functions in all the areas of people activity. It affects us not only on the, the legal front, cultural, political, health. They make money off of our bodies. That's right. They make money institutionally as an industry off of our bodies. This is a plan Cheney invested in in, in alternative uh, uh, prisons before they start putting pushing the uh, GOP uh, legislation by igniting the the, the white mind to uh, uh, think of uh, the the migrant workers as somehow adversarial and enemies. That's right. That's right. And they bought into it. It's a bourgeois system where they have contracts for minimum bed uh, capacity must maintain be maintained and it's an industry brother Robin, bodies yes if i may may add this is why we need to get the message of abolitionism out there because slavery was never abolished the 13th amendment left slavery in place as punishment right. for crime and so we see who is targeted and the disproportionately black people latino people and in in american indians are targeted for slavery in, in this modern system. And that's what it is. And if you look at the presidential candidates, you got Hillary Clinton right now, got private prison lobbyists raising money for her. You look at Marco Rubio. He has gotten a lot of money from the GEO group, which is based in Florida. And, and so I, we just got to keep preaching that we need new abolitionists to take on this, to end, not take on, but to end this neo-slavery. Thank you for allowing me to contribute. Sure, sure. And on the tail off with the slavery 
is for a reason, that economic base for capitalism. So you have the redirected focus not only on government but on corporations. We are, after all, a fascist system where corporations have unlimited access to the political process to influence it and buy it, uh, uh, lobby it, and control it, after all. And so there's multiple heads to this. And, you know, the irony to me is not just to speak to the 13th Amendment. The irony to me is the 14th Amendment with this declaration where there may have been four cases stemming from that 14th Amendment for the rights of so-called free slaves, which didn't happen. And it's changed, as the brother just said. But uh, over 100, I think, 30 cases stemmed off of that for corporation to give them personhood. This is the institutionalizing of racism. So they've been making money off of us on both sides. So, so it's the, it's the slavery and the corporations uh, that are controlling us in employment, in the political process, the privatization is corporations for healthcare, education, charter schools. It's a system. We have to come together. We have to have a united front. We have to we have to stand with a unified field offset this negative energy grid called white supremacy and it's ongoing. You have the voter issue going on in North Carolina, which will have national impact of their technology to undermine voting rights. You know, it's going on. I mean, uh people of color, African Americans are the only ones that have to basically reapply to vote every twenty years. <clears throat> What's that about? So, so these efforts of coming together are, are imperative because you have a NWO, they call it, the New White Order or New World Order. <laughs> uh, and if we're not there at the, uh, the offsetting power structures that are, are calling plays on the international arena in the UN, because that's not a, a, a fix-all either. I never claimed it to be. But it's open game to bring our energy and our power there and our voice there where it belongs as a nation, undergoing the same uh, 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 oppression here in the U.S. And this unity is a beautiful thing. And on that mindset, we have so many efforts going on on so many fronts. And what I'm loving also is leaderless and, and decentralized are a lot of the activities. But at some point, we have to come together for that critical mass. And I would pray that this be the event. Now, how is this connected? And have you uh, communicated with Black Lives Matter? Speak to that, Brother uh, well, Muhammad or sister. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, battery on my phone, but I'm going to say that we are, this is all connected to Black Lives Matter. All right. Because. First off, the indigenous means original habitants of the land, and when we look in and in, in the, the 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 first um, Native Americans and Latinos is um is black. So of course this is all connected to Black Lives Matter. Now mm-hmm. those that are looking at it now in regards to right now, um, it it has just recently with the Choctaw Nation. Um, a, a brother by the name of Mr. Hexler, I don't, I don't know his first name, but um, Heckler, I'm sorry, it has was murdered in a jail cell and also being arrested off of a, a traffic stop last, a traffic violation um, earlier this week. Yes, then targeted. Then from my tribe, mm-hmm. yes, 
from my tribe was a young lady that was killed in her jail cell as well. Um, I'm trying to get all the information on everything in regards with the family because they told me that everyone's trying to reach out to the family. They're trying to give the family some more time, but more, I, I, I totally understand it, but I'm willing to fight while they mourn. And the thing is, is that all we're all connected and we all, and if you, if, if people don't see themselves as this happening to them, then and don't do anything about it now, it's going to be happening all even more so um, all across the nation. In December, my friend Romaine, in December, my friend, my friend Romaine Brisbane was shot and killed by Officer Mark Wines in Phoenix, Arizona, in front of his children while he was bringing home food to his children. The cops targeted him, followed him into his apartment, and shot him twice in the back in front of his children, his two little girls. My friend, my um, my best friend's son was was um, he was 13 years old. He was tall, so he was targeted, handcuffed because they want to do those sweeps that they usually do, you know, to target kids that are playing outside. Mm-hmm. They did one of those sweeps, handcuffed him down on the side of the road and then they shot him in the back of his head he was 13 years old so this has hit home for me and even prior to it hitting home for me i was out there mobilizing for the million hoodie march and when i was doing that there was nothing but the mexicans in arizona right there with me with their hoodies on it was the it was the navajos in arizona right there with their hoodies on so so if you are if you are a person that that feels and that knows who god is and his children is it's gonna affect you if you don't feel the pain of our people then no, it's not going to affect you. No, you're not going to come to D.C. on 10, 10, 15. You're just going to sit at home and watch it from your television screen and be like, oh, that's their fight. That's their struggle. I'll just pray for them from a, pray for them at, at a distance. Then, and then you will see and bear witness the true and living God on the or else on 10, 10, 15 and wishing that you were right there with us as it all, you know, as we demand justice. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. We, uh, this is going to happen. It's happening. I, I'm, I'm starting to feel encouraged myself. I was speaking to a sister earlier. She may be on the call about this. We're encouraged. We're going to win. We're, we're going to. We're, we're working on so many levels, and the and the unity will will really spark it. It will be the catalyst for a paradigm change, which is needed because the 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 evil that's the pathology of racism, white supremacy is very manifest and we expect it to escalate and in the face of that our survival is at stake our identities needs to be reformed in the presence of the circumstances and that comes with unity and i so much appreciate uh your involvement and and your efforts and by the way the show is a is a spinoff from anti-racism media on facebook twitter uh, and other social media sites. So check us out there as well. Like us and join in conversations. We post on these issues of police brutality, white supremacy, and racism daily. And we're more of a clearinghouse, but you will find good information there. Um, Brother Davi, the, the, the work uh, with all the 
the Brown Berets, La Raza. Um, how was that conversation you had with the sister uh, Nora the other night? I, I'm looking to hear the the Espanol element to this as well. Well, it was a it was a great conversation, and um, thing is, when I because I'm I'm half Latino myself, my mother's a Guarani, she's from Brazil. So where I don't speak Spanish, I speak Portuguese, and a lot of the same similarities. You know, I can fall right in on conversations mm-hmm. and cultural and things like that. Um, but it was like when I met Brother Abel. Um, he's already conscious. I don't have to explain to him how he and I are the same. Mm-hmm. Or you know, know, I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to do that with the sister. Either. She already knows. She and I are the same. Um, that was the deal with the with the brown beret, they knew that they were Indios. They knew they were the indigenous. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a point of power for them. And like for the system and for brother, and those of us who are conscious of ourselves and whose we are, not just who we are, but whose we mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. Um, it's a source of power. And that's why I minister in his brilliance, um, wants us to come together on the day before with our spiritual leaders mm-hmm. and have that indigenous day of prayer. Because I love all of this because it has a spiritual component to it. That's who we are. So, that's right. I mean, it's just a natural genetic thing. Well, that's self-determination, like being who we are rather than adhering to the uh, the construct systems. That's that's Those are the impediments to unity. Yes, metaphysically, yes. 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 Respect yes. for that. Well, brother, Respect brother Abel is a beautiful example of that because he is a minister in the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I walk the red road. I do this, the sweat lodges and mm-hmm. and all of that. But you see, he and I spiritually are on the exact same track, mm-hmm. just like you and I, just like sister, just like uh, those in the nation, mm-hmm. like Minister Farrakhan. I don't see anything different between him and I do my personal pipe carrier the guy that I go to. Mm-hmm. He's a holy man. Mm-hmm. To us, he's a holy man. Because mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't talk to him more than three minutes without him mentioning something God-centered. Well, metaphysically, that's who we are as a people. That's what the reawakening also, of the you know, the Valley of Dry Bones reawakening as well in, in, in grasping our identity. And it's spiritual. That's where our power comes from. That's the, that's the answer uh, for our identity. Listen, uh, we're very happy that you came on th- uh, this evening, and we'd like to have this show again and maybe follow a series leading up to the march so we can reinforce this. Now, although I'm not uh, particularly on the, uh, the statistics, particularly interested right now, I want this to be recorded, and we'll email or connect you to the link once it's uh uh, ready for upload, and you can move it around. Your network is also. Uh, He'll be on the same link, brother Rob, and I'll just upload the podcast to the link to the promo. Beautiful thing, beautiful thing. Want to thank you for being here. Please come back. Follow up with us yes, too, uh, 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 Davi. Uh, formally, let's let's get on an email thread and continue this conversation leading up to your next appearance here. Thank you again, brothers and sisters. Peace out. Yes, sir. Thank you. Peace. All right. We do whatever we do to survive. Drop it.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.